0: Hello and welcome to the lowdown from Pickletown. I'm your host Aidan Gobride. Here's the deal. We are here with head coach of the women's soccer team, Coach Sharif Saber. Thank you very much for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, just uh, really looking forward to actually talking to you in depth a little bit about you know the season ahead but also what has came before and how you push on from there Um, so looking at you know kind of the last couple of years um, when you look at the differences in the teams you came in uh, to a program uh, that was maybe lacking a little bit of ambition it came and as you came in you saw like the kind of the cement, the kind of building blocks of what you were trying to do. We look at the 2019 year, the year that things really started to change. Um, and uh, you, I've spoken to you many times about that year. You kind of called it the fairy tale year, the, the year, th- the Disney year, yeah, the Disney year, the year that wasn't meant to happen yeah. but it did. Uh, everyone, you know, probably didn't even consider Mount Olive going into that season. And then you went undefeated. Mm-hmm. It was a phenomenal year. Everyone was on campus. I remember I've never seen so many people out to watch the soccer matches it was it was electric it was good to see then you look at the 2020 year and you know on paper to some people who don't really watch soccer it might just look like it was the same thing but in reality it was uh, me and you both know it was very different you know it was a it was a team that was more it was more a championship winning team it was a seasoned team it was a team that was a little bit different in the sense that it wasn't like blowout after blowouts. it was kind of grinded out results mm-hmm. and then we look to this year what do you think about this year, Come, uh, looking at the previous two years? Is it something that you want to push on with? Are you looking more for the same kind of um, attitude going into that se- this season?
1: So when you talk about 2019, like you said, we were supposed to finish seventh that year. Mm-hmm. Undefeated, won the regular season, conference tournament, made mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament. That year had a group of girls leading it that had never had a winning season before. So when they got to the playoffs for the first time and they are hosting at Mount Olive, there was no way they were going to lose. They had that warrior mentality of, there's no way we're going to let this slip away because this might be the only chance we get. (laughs) For 2020, like you said, that was completely different. 2020, we dealt with shutdowns, lockdowns, pods, testing every, what felt like every other day, quarantine, everything. And when it came to the actual season in the spring, we had to deal with that. We had to deal with the fact that we were projected to be in the you know contention for the championship. We had to deal with the fact that we brought in some new players, mm-hmm. and we had to deal with the the mental and physical sides of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, you had players that weren't as fit. Mm-hmm. You had players who went through a lot mentally. Their families went through a lot. So, like you said, it that turned into a grind, which made it special in a completely different way.
0: Yeah, because there was there were several times last season, and I, you know. I hope you don't mind me saying. We we've spoke about it a couple of times, but it it is debatable that there was many games where Mount Olive weren't the better team, yes. but they they managed to find a way, and that's the, that's the mark of the great teams, not just in college football, but in world football teams that don't necessarily always have to be at a hundred percent. They just need to get the job done, and and that's what I felt with uh, in the twenty twenty season, the twenty nineteen season. I enjoyed watching the <laughs> women play every single game. It was exciting to watch. There were some games la- last year where it was just frustrating for us up in the press box, and I'm sure it was frustrating <laughs> for you down on the
1: sideline. There were games in the spring where if I wasn't the coach, I wouldn't have hung around. <laughs> they were grinding out bully ball at times. Exactly. But the, the thing that we took away from it was it exposed our character, and like mm-hmm. you said, it exposed the championship character. Mm-hmm. The girls found a way no matter what to win the game. Yeah. Even when things weren't there, when we were missing starters, when... When the other teams were playing their best game ever because it's Mount Olive, they found a way. And that was the really enjoyable part when you look back at it was how they responded.
0: Yeah. So it was an interesting thing. You, you, You brought up playing in the spring. Now, very unusual. Obviously, I speak as an athlete who unfortunately has to basically compete every single season which yeah. is which is extremely fun by the way you're gonna be okay i look traumatized yeah I, i'm traumatized because i know i've got an hour full year ahead of me okay. uh but just uh looking at how how was it like having to adjust to that how was it having to basically train throughout a full fall and knowing that okay we we're gonna have to play in the spring which is very unusual but then not only that knowing you had to play in that spring but you had to come back after the summer and play in fall. What, how does that? Do, does the approach change for that for you?
1: We basically had to flip our seasons. Mm-hmm. So fall became spring, spring became fall, and then we had two falls. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the hard part. The, the thing you're seeing across the country right now, though, is teams and conferences that played in the spring had athletes pick up injuries that they're still recovering from. Because, again, we're used to having that nine mm-hmm. months in between. So now, like us, we're a little beat up. Teams in the conference are a little beat up. So now we got to adjust to, okay, maybe we're not fully fit to October. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're not fully back until right before playoffs. That's a challenge in and of itself from the back-to-back season.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, you know, not just college but world football. When the first kind of initial shutdown happened, when they were trying to rush to get the seasons finished all over the world, they had to bring up to five substitutions. They had to... You know, they basically were dealing with injuries after injuries because players were playing at a... Because basically body is, is a clock. It's used to playing and working at different points in the season. And it was all out of balance. So, you know, that's very... I just was interested to see what how it was for you guys. Um,
1: well, and, and you hear it all the time at the professional ranks and at the college mm-hmm. ranks. You You know there's fitness and there's match fitness. You know, you can be fit, but then you have to actually be in the game dealing with the physicality, the mental stress, everything, which is a completely different level.
0: Mm -hmm. So we're just going to turn topic a little bit now. Um, So obviously there's been many key players over the last couple of seasons. There's been many players that, you know, we we don't try to talk about individuals here on the podcast, but you lost two, it's arguably two big players on your team uh, last year. You know, Jalen, who was a a true leader on the field uh, over four years here, you know, even when she arrived, she was still a leader, and she left, you know, a huge, a, a huge hole, I guess, in the team. And then obviously Sarah, who was the, as I would say, the talisman, the one who was the creative one, the one that would, when they got on the ball, you were excited, you were wondering what she, what she going to do with it. So, when there's players like that, that that leave, how do you, as the coach, how do you try and fill that void, and what do you expect from your team in terms of people stepping up?
1: So, first, you can't replace a Jalen or a Sarah. You can't. They're they're unique not only to this division, but they're unique at any division. Jay has – we would always joke for three years I had Jay. She was the master of scoring the ugly goal. She was (laughs) always in the right spot at the right time in a clutch moment. Sarah was the one that always would make the pass or the pass before the pass. She was, like you said, the talisman. She was the one that would unlock back lines when they were sitting deep you have to change. Mm. It's not necessarily about other players stepping up and filling Mm. their role. It's about we as a collective Mm. changing how we approach the match. You know, before with Sarah and Jay, we could play actually more defensive. We could be more solid in the back. We could keep numbers behind the ball, knowing that they could unlock a team and win one nil, two nil. Now we have to open up more. Mm. We have to get more numbers forward, which is going to be more Mm. exciting for people to watch. Mm -hmm. It's not more exciting for me because that (laughs) means there's more transition goals and opportunities.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, with that being said, just we'll piggyback off that. So, when it came to this recruiting class, the the what what were you looking to strengthen? What what areas of the field were you looking to improve? And what areas of the field um, do you think that you potentially could still improve on?
1: So, with any class, mm-hmm. we look to strengthen every area of the field. Okay, a, a key part of our program's competition. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer that if you don't have competition for every spot, mm. you can't have full development. You know, If you looked over the last two years, we have had more girls have one, two, three starts than most programs. Most programs start 14 girls regularly, 15. Last year in COVID, I believe we had 18 or 19 start, maybe 20. Mm. It's competition.
0: Yeah, that's depth.
1: That's depth. It's, it's knowing that if I'm not improving today, that I have to then improve tomorrow because somebody's going to come take my spot so with the 2021 class the 2022 class that's almost finished it's just a matter of building that depth making sure every position always has competition
0: so with that when you look at your previous teams and also the team that you obviously you have started the season where do you think is the biggest area that you've improved things
1: we now have wide players that can attack it. we can tackle the last two years Jay was a central player. Mm-hmm. Sarah's a central player. Jasmine Pinter, Torman MVP, central player. We've always basically just jammed the ball down the middle. Yeah, as it was very know. compact in the middle. Very compact. Usually played a 4-4-2 diamond, mm-hmm. flood it, and then we'd have Emily Sanders get high and wide and mm. play a ball in. This year we have players that can actually open up the pitch. We have midfielders that now they're able to get into the half space more, wide space, there's more interchange, It's a lot more fluid. It's more enjoyable for a neutral to watch. Again, more stressful for me at times. But you saw it over the the last match at Newberry. Newberry, the last two years, we haven't scored a goal. There, we were able to go and get three because we are able to open up the field and attack different spaces all at mm-hmm. the same time.
0: Yeah, so um, with that being said, coming into this season, you know, two seasons back-to-back wins, obviously. Um, we did have, as we said, the kind of COVID season... We are still dealing with it, um, but everyone will always remember last year is the COVID season. doesn't matter what program you were. So coming into this season, um, do things change for you as a coach, or does the level of expectation remain the same for the, the girls?
1: The expectations as far as performance have not changed at all. Mm. But, and we've talked about this as a program and more in depth, mm. we're re-emphasizing certain things off the field. You know once you get to the mountain twice, the conversation becomes what now?" It's like, okay, we've won it twice in a row. Where's yeah. the motivation? What's the goal? Yeah, so this year it's no longer about the goal. We're going from results oriented results oriented to process oriented. It's going to be about the journey. Can we get better today? Can we bring the team closer together? Can we improve our chemistry? Can we do little things around campus to help improve the the campus spirit as well? Because like you said, we're not done with COVID. No. So can we make sure that we're doing the best we can as people? Can we make sure we're doing the best as students and the best as athletes? Mm.
0: That's an interesting point. You're talking about school spirit because the last couple of years, you know, there are several teams. And there's no disrespect to any other program. Every other program is supported here. Um, But... That 2019 you know, season, everyone was talking about women's soccer. They were all talking about women's soccer. And you know, there always is that one team uh, each, each year that just is kind of brings the school together a little bit. You know, everyone was talking about it. So with regards to kind of spirit, on the team, the chemistry, the kind of bond, um, how important is that to you between the players?
1: It's the most important thing. If you have talent but no love for one another, you're not going to sacrifice for mm-hmm. each other you're gonna find excuses. You're not gonna hold each other accountable. All those intangibles that coaches always talk about, programs talk about, they're not there unless you feel that you're you actually love one another and you feel comfortable to speak up and be valued.
0: Yeah. So we're coming into this conference season. Uh you've you've played a couple of games. Um the conference across all programs I've brought I'll probably bring it up in every single podcast. Um it's strengthened. Yes. What are your feelings on that, and how do you approach that?
1: Bringing two state schools like Francis Marion and UNCP in, North Greenville strengthened, Belmont Abbey will always be there, Cali's doing a great job with Lees McRae, Fernando with Chawan, Nate with Emmanuel, I can keep going down mm. the list. It's going to be deep. Mm. You know, Before, when I got here in the Conference Carolinas, it was a two-horse race. <laughs> it was Limestone and Belmont Abbey and then everybody else, with no disrespect to those programs. No now you legitimately look at the top six or seven when you go into playoffs it's going okay who's actually going to win this yeah you know everybody forgets we were the third seed last year Mm -hmm. in that COVID season yeah so yeah we came with two uh straight conference championships but we technically finished third if we can do it i guarantee you other teams in this Mm. conference can
0: yeah so obviously i did bring up opening games uh you have un- uh, you are undefeated currently um, before going into that conference season. Um, are you happy with what you've seen so far? Is there areas you're thinking, okay, needs a little bit of work? Um, and also, is there positives to take from those games?
1: Massive positives. We Like we talked about earlier, we're mm-hmm. transitioning our, our on-the-field identity. Yeah, And that is hard sometimes, especially for returners who have won two championships playing a certain way. So what I'm really happy about is watching our freshmen grow, watching our returners adapt, making sure that that we are moving forward with our new philosophy. So overall, I love the team chemistry of this group. They work really hard, they get along. I think they get along too well in some respects. <laughs> they're they're constantly united up against everything. <laughs> but it's it's going to be a really fun year, Aiden. I don't know where it's going to end. Mm-hmm. But this year, starting to feel a little bit like 19, and I don't want to put that out in the okay. universe too early, but it's starting to feel that way.
0: Yeah, but early days.
1: Yes, but it's it's a fun group.
0: That's good. Well, it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic to hear, uh, Sharif. Um, I can only wish the best for you and the girls going forward in this season. Uh, we'll obviously meet again halfway through the season. We can see how things have maybe changed or if, you know... Yeah, that question might get a different answer. That question, yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, on the podcast this morning. It's been a pleasure talking to you and good getting an insight off of you. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. This has been The Lowdown from Pickletown. We'd just like to give special thanks to the University of Mount Olive's music department. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.